The working title for today's thoughts is Don't Fall for the Empty Consumption Trap. It's also related to the idea that Anthony Angaro refers to as the twitch, which is the minute that you are not fully occupied doing something, you kind of look for that next thing to do. It's almost a reflex. So this is going to be somewhat of a repetitive topic, but I think it's important enough and I'm seeing how powerful it is in my own life to be more intentional, more conscious of what I'm consuming. And then I'm also seeing the ways that it's totally helping me. Hopefully it will help you as well. Also along the lines of potential repetition (laughs) is the beauty and the power that I have seen in going really deep in the last mm, six months or so on a few things instead of shallow on a lot of things. So when I find a resource or a book or not so much YouTube videos, but anything that I'm learning something from, I'm going through it slower and then I'm going through it multiple times. So if I listen to a podcast that's really good, instead of letting it automatically delete when it gets to the end, I just scroll the little slider thing back to the beginning and I'll listen to it again. Sometimes a third time. I'll just listen until there's no juice left in it. A great example of this recently was a podcast by Tara Brock about judgment, which is an issue, issue, topic, whatever you want to call it. It's a real thing that I've really been exploring and working on for myself. And I'd already listened to the episode twice, and my wife was interested in it, so... I listened to it a third time through with her, and I swear, half of what was in there, I don't remember hearing before, even though this was my third time through. So my encouragement is, if you've listened to or read something that was really, really powerful or thought-provoking, go through it again. One of the books on my, uh, one of the four books on my, quote, currently reading list is Wherever You Go, There You Are, Mindfulness, Meditation, in Every Day. It's by John Kabat-Zinn. It's not a new book. It came out in 1994, and I found it at, three, I found it at Goodwill for $3, which uh, is always exciting to me. So I've been reading this book for about six months, some chapters multiple times, sometimes just a page or two. I'll just sit with it in the morning first thing. And, uh, or sometimes as I'm, before I go to sleep, I'll open it to a random place or flip through chapter titles until something grabs me. And it is amazing how often it speaks to me or sharpens my thinking or gives me something to do the next, like the next day or something to practice or try. Ironically, one chapter was on the beauty of getting up early uh, before anyone else is awake. And he talks about um, how he, for years, again, the time of this book was, I think it was 1994. He said he'd been doing it for almost 30 years, spending an hour in silence every morning. So realizing that I had not been doing that very well, I kicked that off and I've really seen the benefits. 
I guess the strangest part of this whole thing with this book is there's nowhere to get to. There is nowhere, like normally I would be in this quest to finish the books. I could put it on my list of books read. I may finish the book someday and I may not, but it doesn't matter because it just continues to speak to me and help me. So the thoughts for this episode were kind of the convergence of three things. One, realizing the power of my uh, book, I call it a book fast, but it's, what I'm realizing is, is really it's more of a consumption fast. So the three things were consuming less information, spending a weekend with my wife by ourselves, and then on that trip, I guess the third thing or two, however you want to count, realizing that I was much more present than I would have normally been in the past. So present to her, present to myself, and just less restless and angsty. By the way, I cannot recommend enough the power of going away for a weekend, uh, particularly if you have kids. There is nothing that I find more frustrating than trying to have a serious conversation only to be interrupted 17 times uh, with usually their, you know, needs. (laughs) Sometimes they're uh, things that could wait. However, just having these long stretches of time when we could talk and share and listen to each other or just sit in silence and and do our own thing. So the circumstances were my son was going to be involved in an activity for the weekend. And so I went looking for a hotel on the coast of Oregon that hopefully wouldn't be too expensive where we could just spend a couple nights. My wife had the great idea of going to TripAdvisor. And so we sorted by hotels in the city we were interested in. Seaside, Oregon is a kind of a new favorite of mine. So using TripAdvisor, we found a hotel that was at the top of the list. And then with some travel points, we were able to get it at no cost. And it was just an awesome time to just be disconnected and just be with each other and then enjoy nature. I cannot recommend enough in situations like this. Turn off your phone or just enable important alerts. Turn off the TV too. It might actually be uncomfortable, but I guess it's just such a long-standing habit of mine that sometimes I don't even realize I haven't turned on the TV while I was there. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good way to relax sometimes, and it can also just be a black hole of noise and wasted time. And and speaking of your phone, I cannot tell you, now granted these are made-up stories that I made up about the people I observed walking up and down the boardwalk, but I cannot tell you how many people I saw shuffling along the boardwalk, lost in their phones. I'm guessing talking to people somewhere else and really missing the beauty of the moment. Nature, the water, the waves, the sand, uh, the sky. Anyway, great opportunity for do not disturb mode. Just turn it off. You do what's best for you. So what I loved about this hotel was it was three stories, Every room looked out on the ocean and the boardwalk, and 
I just love, I had a chair, I just set one of the chairs in front of the slider, uh, the sliding glass window, and just watch the waves and people walk by. The weather was constantly changing. Even though it was winter, if it was raining one minute, 30 minutes later, it was clearing out and just constantly changing. Really beautiful. So there was something really therapeutic, too, about just being purely focused on nature. So there was all you could see was straight ahead was the boardwalk, some grass, sand, and the waves. Couldn't see the highway, couldn't see any cars, just a straight view of the ocean. And it totally exceeded my expectations. What surprised me was how well my book fast that I talked about in the previous episode and now I think I'm just calling it a reduced consumption fast. I don't know if it's a fast or maybe, <laughs> maybe someday I will get back on the consumption bandwagon. However, I just, I just, I can't believe that, that I'm say I'm sharing what I'm sharing here in terms of like consuming less. I, I was at the public library the other day with my family to pick some stuff up for them. And for the first time, and I don't know how long I left with nothing. I just walked around and I just thought, there's nothing I need here. I've got plenty to read at home. <laughs> and there's, you know, nowhere, nothing to accomplish. No, nowhere to go. So I guess the amazing thing that I found was that the road trip that I shared about recently prepared me for this in ways that I hadn't expected. It was almost like the muscle memory of sitting in the car and watching the miles go by and doing nothing was super easy to just retrieve. And so, yeah, in fact, I ha- happened to have this book that I just mentioned, Wherever You Are, There You Are. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, wherever you are... I'm sorry. Wherever you go, there you are. I happened to have that with me, and I flipped through a couple of pages and different things and didn't just sat just watched the waves and the birds and the wind and then I would get bored that was interesting too to see myself get bored and then to wonder like what's that about Am I avoiding something? Is there something here? And then when I got bored, I'd remind myself that it was doing good. That I would experience the benefits later. And then I'd check in with my wife, too, see if she wanted to go do something or she still wanted to take it easy. And this is totally different than how I used to do trips like this. Usually it was about what I could accomplish. And, you know, by accomplish, it was could I get some good journaling in and what could I think about earnestly and what profound book could I read or, you know, blog post or podcast. And what I found in this trip was that there was a new level of peace that just came from just being. It didn't happen right away. Like it was, (laughs) I think the seeds were planted with the road trip, but the road trip was now separated by three months or so. And so in a sense, it had to kind of be relearned again. In this place of just being, 
it can be interesting to just ask the space or wherever you are, you know, what, what wants to appear or what's here or what's evolving with no outcome, which I know this sounds totally funny coming from a recovering project manager (laughs) where certainty was always the goal and no moment could be wasted. So maybe I'm just a little older and wiser now and realizing that there's really a place for both. The other thing I've, and I guess related to this, what I've seen is in creating more time to be, when it's time to act, a lot of times the actions are a lot cleaner and a lot more direct because there's a clarity that's come from the being. So in this weekend away where I, quote, didn't accomplish anything, it was fascinating to get home and then a couple days later to be hitting things harder than ever before. Had a really powerful session with my coach and just things were just moving in a way that I don't know that they would have if I had just taken so much time to be for that weekend at the beach. Something else I realized was that a book is just a book. And that there's... At this point in my life, given all of the experiences I've had and all the things that I've read, it doesn't matter how much or how little I read. And there is a piece that comes from this place of like, of not needing to accomplish, like I'm using an air quote, like accomplish, like finish the book. And this realization too, that I don't need to read another book to get where I'm going right now. That could be an interesting question to ask yourself. Do I really need to read another book to do this? I see myself doing this all the time. I was working on some uh, I am statements and instead of working on them, which was really tedious and uncomfortable, I went looking for blog posts on how to do it, (laughs) which was just a form of procrastination. I know what I need to do to get where I'm going. Now I just need to do it or continue to do it. And I'm also, and this is a new approach, I'm also spending more time being, which to the outside probably looks like doing nothing. But I'm coming to really see and believe that even when I'm doing, quote, nothing, if I'm intentional about how I'm going about it, things are actually happening. I just don't realize it. So does this apply to you? I don't know. Decide for yourself. (laughs) It could be that a month from now, I've totally changed my story and, and I'm back on the major information consumption bandwagon. I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. But, you know, I suppose anything is possible. So for me, now is the time to be and to do when it's time. What's coming in this process as well is an increasing level of confidence of when it's time to be in that being mode versus the doing mode. And also realizing that the doing the consumption of information was also, it was an escape. It was a dopamine hit. It's a, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling uncertain. Let me acquire more knowledge because that will give me more certainty. 
you probably hear this thing, I see it all over the place, you know, that the most successful people read lots of books. But my coach pointed out, yeah, and they're probably also really, really good about implementing those things. Because how much of the stuff that you read do you really implement? Um, my answer is very little. And instead, instead, it's just skimming and scanning for what's interesting. But what's interesting doesn't usually move the needle. Putting stuff into action is what moves the needle and changes things, showing up differently. So I think this idea that, you know, how to read more books in a year. Oh, I'm going to read 52 books in 52 weeks this year. I don't know. I'm really questioning the, the usefulness of that. What if you read 10 books and implemented everything in all 10 books? That sounds hard in itself. <laughs> Here's a better one. What if you read four books this year and the next year? You picked them carefully and you implemented everything in those four books this year. My hunch is you'd accomplish a lot more and get closer to your goals than by just this skim and scan, which I caught myself doing recently. I picked, I can't remember what it was, but I, I picked the book up and I realized that I was not retaining the same quality of information or having the same level of insights that I was when I was reading two or three pages and stopping. It was like flipping the channels on TV and just looking for something interesting. The other thing I've realized is that the consumption it gives us what we consume. It's kind of like eating healthy or unhealthy food. If you eat unhealthy food, you're going to have an unhealthy body. I think the same is true with our brains. If we're just consuming a bunch of fast food, a bunch of quick hits, you know, five tips for this and 10 tips for that and five ways to overcome you know, procrastination. I don't think it's, I don't think it's helping us in the same way that consuming higher quality stuff at a slower pace could do. Yet also include this idea of consumption and or consuming or not consuming is also filtered into not reading Facebook or the news, uh, not checking email or Slack, not constantly jamming new ideas into my head. And what I've realized in this space of not jamming stuff into my head <laughs> is that when I don't jam as much stuff in my head, there's space. And from that space is where the ideas and inspiration and new things to do or try or that person to reach out to, that's where those things come. And those things can't come if I have this habitual pattern or ha of just continuing to fill the space with something. One of the things that's helped me reduce the consumption here is changing, is creating a story about uh, creating a, a story or an association that makes me not want to do it. So, you know, reading the news is poisonous. So I'm just putting poison in my head. Or I created one uh, in the break room at Capital One, which is that sugar reduces my immune system and makes me sick. There's always candy sitting around and I have a sweet tooth. <laughs> so I've created an association that candy, sugar makes me sick. And having been sick a number of times in the fall of this year, I'm done being sick. 
And so it's so anyway, I know that sounds like a, a mind trick. It works. It's, it's been working for me. So here's some questions for you. Why are you consuming? If I'm consuming, I'm thinking more information, but I suppose you could apply it to anything. Uh, is it in service of something? Are you trying to soothe yourself? Trying to feel better now? Are you trying to avoid failing? You know, I have to know more. I won't succeed. Are you falling into this trap of, you know, successful leaders are readers? Is what you're consuming, is it giving you the outcome that you want? Or is it taking you somewhere that's not helpful? Like the news or Facebook or Twitter or name your social platform of distraction. And I think the biggest thing I've learned in the past few months is you can not consume, you can not acquire more knowledge and wisdom, and you can still get ahead. You can still make progress. You can still know what to do. So my encouragement in the coming week would be, what's something that you've recently read or listened to or consumed that was valuable that you'd want to just repeat. And in closing, if you'd like to talk about any of this with me, I'd love to do it. Send me an email and we will. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates. <laughs>